exactly what I was saying. Atypical man, more like slay typical man. <laughs> oh, we have way too much fun here sometimes. Way too much fun. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, happy Saturday evening to you, or wherever you are, or whenever you are, when you hear the show. Welcome, in either case. What's our topic today, Mr. Producer Man? What are we talking about? Being objective. That's right. That's right. Being objective. Not always the easiest thing, is it? Not always the easiest thing, being objective with something. We have a tendency to dive headfirst into something when we hear it, whether it uh, agrees with our tum-tums or we just feel that we should go ahead and subscribe. Because that's what the other fish in the pond are doing. Or a fish in the bowl, as it were. Uh-huh. I don't know. What is... What, so, what do you got? So, when we say objective... <clears throat> um, being unemotional, not getting agitated or distressed in any way. Is that a fair... That's a fair, that's a fair assessment. That's a fair assessment. See things as they really are. Not from a personally biased viewpoint. Be neutral, understanding... Be neutral, understanding both points of views. It's a novel idea, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, especially with regard to the world of politics, nobody wants to talk about that shit anymore. And the idea of being objective seems absurd to a lot of people. You're either left or you're right. The idea of there being moderates in the United States anymore, it's... You don't... If they're there, and I'm sure they are... You don't see or hear from them very much, do you? No. No. Which is strange, because there's a lot of middle-of-the-road people everywhere. But you don't see them behind a podium or behind a camera. And if you do, it's fleeting. It doesn't, it doesn't last very long. They don't hang out very long. Because it's not popular. The soap opera that we've created in this country is... Uh, it's um, well-financed, and it's um, got its own structural integrity to uh, support the people that defend either the left or the right in terms of politics. Isn't that strange? That's bizarre to me. That is so bizarre to me. As if to suggest that being middle of the road and being able to see a little bit from each viewpoint, which we used to call being a renaissance man or a renaissance woman, being able to be objective, look at things objectively and say, here's what's working on the right, here's what's working on the left. How do we slam them together and make a pancake batter with them? How do we do that? How do we do that? But, like sex, drama sells. And the more dramatic you can be, and here comes the canine, <clears throat> snooping around. Hmm. That's what tonight's show is going to be about. We're going to talk about being objective and how it applies to our lives. And how, I think anyway, it's okay to have some more conservative views. I do tend to tip right of center in my politics, but I also have some more socially progressive views. Um, not necessarily fiscally or... Politically, although you can polit you can politicize anything these days, you know, doesn't really matter what it is. In any case, we'll dive into it a little bit. It should make for some interesting conversation. Thanks for being here. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. I think you're gonna. I think you'll enjoy today's show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Atypical Man Podcast. I am your host. My name is Caleb. The show that keeps on giving and takes very little. Very little. <laughs> Topic of discussion for today is being objective. Specifically when it comes to our... I wish we had like a drum roll effect. Can we just do it on the desk? Yeah, uh -huh. I can barely do that right. 
It takes hand-eye coordination or a coordination of any kind, really, normally, yeah. Being objective when it comes to having political conversations with your friends and family. Hoof! That's a big one. That's a big one. You know what I love is when I can stumble on an article online where even though a person has a designated political leaning, in this case, the writer, um, I believe it's from a blog um, dated February 13, 2020, called The Rewired Soul, but it was published on Medium.com. Published says published in assemblage. I'm not sure what that means, but making sure that credit is given where credit is due. I do believe this is from a blog. Um, Psychology slash mental health slash philosophy. Yeah. There's a a Twitter and and an IG handle as well. Um, Yeah, the name of the uh, article is called Thinking Objectively is Ruining Your Life. Which I found odd. But the writer... um, Make some interesting points. I'm trying to find the... There's a specific author's name. I don't know why I always struggle with this. And it's it's kind of a long one. We're, we're just going to touch on it briefly here. It says, thanks to Jonathan Green at the bottom. I'm not sure if that's the writer. It's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be. Uh, yeah. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. I've sourced the original um, page, which is The Rewired Soul, but it was published on Medium.com on or around February 13th of 2020. And I bring this up. um, Those of you that know me know that I I tend to tip right of center in my politics. Um, Obviously for my own reasons, just the same way that you have your reasons for tipping the direction that you do. Right. Um, <clears throat> the writer of the article opens with a really interesting line, and it goes like this: "Quote: When you think of incorrect word usage, you often think of people who use literally wrong." But I disagree. Really? Okay. Sure, this is a slight annoyance, but there's a much worse word. This word is reshaping the way people view reality. And it can lead to some major consequences. That word is objective. Hmm. I don't think the word objective is as annoying or as incorrect or inappropriate as it is to use the word literally when you're not talking about something literal, in a literal sense. Like, it literally cost me a million dollars to fix my car. No, it didn't. If it literally cost you a million dollars to fix your car, you got taken for a ride, homie. (laughs) You could have bought 15 new cars with that, probably, depending on what you're driving. Can't do the fast math. Is that even remotely close? (laughs) For like a decent truck. Yeah, yeah, a decent truck. Yeah, you're going to, yeah, you're going to upwards 80, 90 grand. Call it a hundred, just round off at a hundred K. Math wrong. Math failure. <laughs> Digressing. Anyway, the article goes on, quote, we live in divisive times and we see it every day with politics. Whether you're a liberal, conservative, libertarian, or affiliated with any other ideology, you think your views of the world are gospel. Well, that's it's, uh, it's one way to state that. Goes on, quote, This doesn't end just end with politics either. This type of self-serving bias affects our relationships with friends, family, co-workers, and more. That we can agree on. And then she, uh, he or she, I think it's a he, I'm pretty sure it's a he, gives the um, dictionary definition of, of, of objective. Actually, it looks like she uh, they took a snippet. I'm just going to say he. He took a snippet from uh, a Google search of the word objective, which says, not influenced by personal feelings or opinions of considering and resenting, or excuse me, representing facts. Two very different words. 
Not influenced by personal feelings or opinions in considering and representing facts. Hmm. Article goes on, says, Situations matter. I'm a liberal, and oftentimes my side of the aisle breaks my damn heart. We're supposed to be the ones who are tolerant and understanding of others, yet I often see how closed-minded we actually are. That's an astute observation. By the way, it really is, because I know what this writer is trying to say. I, I understand it and I respect it. But far too often, you don't see much tolerance or, or understanding of other opinions, other people's opinions on the left. Nowhere near what you used to. Um, goes on, says, we want conservatives to have compassion for immigrants, people of color, the LGBTQ community, and those of different faiths. Mm -hmm. Despite all of this, we constantly neglect the fact that our fellow Americans deserve that same tolerance. Hmm. Another good point. Another good point. We are shaped by so many different factors, but the primary one is how we're raised. I'm the son of an alcoholic mother, so my chances of being an addict rose by 80% based on that experience. Is it that high? Is the percentage that high? 80%? Wow. This is, due, this is due to the fact that it's what I was raised to believe was a healthy way to cope with the world. So what do you think happens when a child grows up in a household of people who have certain political or religious beliefs? This is a great question. Great question. I chop off a finger... If it guarantee everyone read a copy of The Righteous Mind by Jonathan Haidt. That's a good book, by the way. It's a great read. Um, I also recommend Moral Tribes by Joshua Green. I haven't read that one. Jonathan Haidt's work is guaranteed to help open up your eyes and realize that most people are not immoral. They just have different moral views than you do. He makes the analogy that morality is like your taste buds and everyone has different tastes. That's a really great way to say that, and it's true. It's true. Now, you might be saying that it doesn't... This article goes on. Now, you might be saying that it doesn't affect society whether you or I like the taste of fish. Well, the reality is that both liberals and conservatives have one goal in mind. They want this country to be the best it can possibly be. The only difference is that we see different paths to get there. This is so perfect. Perfectly said. Perfectly, perfectly said. You know, I think anymore, and this goes for both sides, both parties, if you will, which, let's face it, neither is a party. As complete structures, both sides are screwed. If you're a conservative, you can't get anything done if you're talking to a... Um, a Democrat or a liberal, and if you're a Democrat or a liberal, you feel you can't get anything done when you're talking to a conservative or a Republican. There's, there's the lines of communication <clears throat> have been, or the ability to communicate between the two parties have become, has become almost non-existent, which is sick to admit out loud, but it's true. Or to say out loud, it's true. Um, very few people willing to sit down and talk with each other like, this is going to make me sound like an old man, don't care. To sit down and just chat with each other like they used to do in the old days. I'm only 40 years old, but for some reason, when I talk about politics, for some reason, I feel like I'm 112 years old. Like I got to the, I came to the political conversation game kind of late in my life because you know, having spent time in the military and then separating and just wanting to find a job, take care of myself and my family, it was just kind of a, a back burner thing. Like I would listen to talk radio every once in a while back in the day when like Levin was on um, um, or even Prager back in the day. These guys are still on. They, they still have great careers and great shows. But it was a every once in a while thing. And as, as you know, lately, I find myself listening to them more and more. And, and I try. I really do. And this is... This is both an admission, uh, a shameful one, I guess. For some people, it would be perceived that way. But I do really try my hardest 
to listen to what the other side has to say. The other side meaning the Democrats, uh, our friends across the aisle. Because like I said, I do consider myself more of a conservative than I do um, a progressive or a Democrat. I try to listen and watch, you know, the hosts on shows like MSNBC or CNN. I do. I honestly do try. And I just, I get a really slimy feeling. Not to say I don't get that sometimes from watching or listening to to people speaking from the right side, because I do. That happens as well. But it happens far less um, when listening to commentary from the right. And I imagine that there are listeners out there that feel the exact opposite, you know, that come from a more liberal upbringing or have more of a liberal progressive ideology uh, or philosophy or political bend that when they go to listen to Prager or Tucker or Hannity, any of these people, that they just feel all twisted up inside. And I get that, but therein therein lies the problem, you know. It shouldn't be that way. We can disagree, you know. We can hear something and say, well, I don't, I don't believe, I don't subscribe to that, and here's why. But we shouldn't feel gross when we're listening to the other side. And it's like that in life, too, away from politics. You hear somebody give you advice about how they parent their kids or how they run their household. If it doesn't jive with what you're doing or how you're doing it, you just kind of get like this gross feeling. You can't just say or have a feeling, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that. And here's why. Here's how I do it. You get washed over and it feels like you've just had a bucket of slime dumped over your head. And this has gone on for a while. It's been this way for a while. I wish it weren't that way, but it is. And something tells me there's something we can do about it. And it it has a lot to do with being more respectful of opposing views and opinions. Being able to listen more than talking over the person or not not letting them finish a thought. Or uh, explain their side. It happens all the time. Happens all the time. And it's nauseating because this this is exactly why we can't get anything done. We can't find a way to work with each other. It's like we 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 feel that we have to work around the other person that is disagreeing with us or can't see our point. Well, then to hell with it. I'm going to go around you and I'm going to find the next person. Well, how are you ever going to reach anybody like that? If you have more of a conservative bend, how are you ever going to truly get your point across if you don't put in the time? And I know it, it can feel, it's very taxing sometimes. And it can be exhausting. But uh, it isn't so bad that it's uncorrectable. Is that a word? <laughs> Unable to be corrected? <laughs> I love the way this writer put it. And this is the last part, but this one, this part really stuck out to me. It says, quote, I'm someone who was fascinated by human behavior. Well, so am I. Um, going on, moving on. And I was stunned by how people use this word so much, meaning objective. I'm objectively overweight. I'm objectively 5'10". I'm objectively a father. I've never heard any of those things, by the way. I've never, I've never heard that word used that way, ever. Um, quote, there are people who think I'm a good person, people think, who think I have a good moral code, and people who think I'm more than qualified. So how could any of those aspects be objective? <clears throat> we all need to realize that even if one person disagrees with us, that's usually a sign that what we're speaking of is subjective unless they're arguing that the sky is purple. But even then, the person might be colorblind. Okay, so we're getting into semantics now. So I guess I even so I guess even eyesight can be a subjective experience. Well, everything's situational. 
you put context to everything. I think nitpicking situations like this is, is what slows down progress, if I can say that. If you know a person's colorblind, why are you going to argue about the color of the sky? I would much rather talk to someone who's colorblind about their political values, their family values, how they perceive their reality, how they negotiate everything else going on around them. I don't want to talk to you about whether or not the sky is purple or blue if you're colorblind. And I don't mean that to be rude, but it's a non sequitur. Why are we even having that conversation? <clears throat> it's semantics. And this is where we get tripped up. We start having arguments over semantics, which don't allow us to auger down into the more meaningful things. Who we are, why we're here, where we're going, and why. What can we accomplish together? That I will talk to you about until the cows come home, as is often stated in Wisconsin, I'm sure many other places. And it is a good question, how it, how it affects your relationships. <clears throat> I find, and this goes back to something that was covered earlier, before we head into the break, this is something that was covered earlier in the article. Um how we perceive all of these things situationally. If you're a liberal, but you're willing to have open-ended conversation, great. If you're a conservative and you're able to have an open-ended conversation, open-minded conversation, great. Maybe we can get something done here. But this idea that we should just be tolerant of everything... I do not agree with that. And I'm not talking about gay marriage. I'm not talking about LGBTQ or in trans or any of this stuff. But if you expect me, to, expect me to be tolerant of someone who is just mean, cruel, does not want to have a two-way conversation, especially when it comes to the more meaningful things, I do not need to be tolerant of you. I don't need to be mean. I don't need to be cruel or crass, but I will politely excuse myself from the conversation knowing full well we are not going to get anywhere. There's no reason to be tolerant in those situations. Like I said, you don't have to be a jerk. You don't have to be mean or cruel. Just excuse yourself from the conversation and realize that you will achieve nothing in that exchange. And that's okay too. We'll be right back. Are you a book and word lover like me? If so, you should really check out the Thinker app, T-H-I-N-K-R. This application focuses on bringing the best perspectives and ideas from the brightest minds. What they do is take primary insights from important documents, articles, and non-fictional titles and frame them briefly in the format of a summary. This makes it easier for you to read the piece of information within minutes and stay updated. This application helps you focus on factual matters and not distract you from secondary events. So the things you learn from this application, you learn well. Now, if you're like me, you're going, Meech, how much is this going to cost me? Well, I'm glad you asked. When it comes to the pricing, it uses two primary forms of subscription. One is monthly, while the other is the annual plan. If you choose the monthly plan, you'll have a billing of just 10 bucks a month. More than a fair price, in my opinion. To learn more, cruise over to thinker.org. That's T-H-I-N-K-R dot O-R-G. Yeah, you're right. You know, going back... Uh, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Going back over this article that we were uh, discussing before the break, I glazed right over a section, and just to make sure that I don't get uh, kicked in the pills down the road if anybody goes back and reads the entire article, making sure that uh, it doesn't appear that I glazed over this, and it's I'm actually glad I didn't, because it, it, it's kind of an interesting point. Um, after this writer, 
uh, pasted the definition of the word objective into their blog article here. There's a paragraph immediately following that says, quote, even the definition of, of, of objective has a problem because unless you're discussing the laws of physics, everything you do or say is based on feelings and emotions. It's one of the reasons we have a peer review process for scientific study. I, I agree with that to a degree, and here's why. Anyone that has read physics, whether we're talking string theory or we're talking about quantum mechanics, generalization um, when it comes to physics by itself is dangerous because there's so many modalities that scientists are working on every single day, even as we speak. And being objective in physics is very important. Um Make sure I'm not misreading this. Even the definition of objective has a problem because unless you're discussing the laws of physics, everything you do or say is based on feelings and emotions. Hmm. Maybe I'm misreading this. Maybe that's what I'm. Maybe that's what's happening here. Um. There. What I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that there are there are no concrete laws yet in physics they're they're constantly coming up with new ideas new theories which is the entire um process in theoretical physics i'm not talking about what you see on big bang although that show is great if you don't watch it you should it's hilarious they're constantly updating and graduating into new areas of thought even even in the area of physics um being objective Again, you know, not being influenced by personal feelings or opinions is very important because just because a scientist grabs onto the idea that string theory is law doesn't mean that down the road it's not going to be disproven. It the same rule same rules apply in political theory, in my opinion. What we know today is political theory, the things we hold on to and subscribe to, could in even just a few years be Null and void. Um, not because we can't learn from them, just like scientists in, in physics have learned amazing things. In Stringer, what they call M-theory. Um, things like entanglement, quantum mechanics, quantum physics. But I think being objective is a good thing across the board. Um, I'm not saying that there aren't concrete truths we need air to breathe we got to drink water and take in some type of sustenance to keep ourselves alive and keep our bodies healthy and work out our bodies to 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 stay healthy and in top working order as best we can you can't just eat junk food your entire life and expect to live to be a hundred does it happen sure but it's rare it's rare um being objective is not a bad thing um and one of the things that drives me absolutely bonkers and always has since I really started paying attention to this is that there are those on the left that suggest that conservatives are somehow against or anti-progress, like they can't have progressive leanings, um, as if to suggest that, you know, exploring space, what, you know, Musk is doing over at SpaceX, um, is somehow a bad thing. We are firm believers in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Um, even though, like I've said in previous shows, some of the writers of the Constitutions, Constitutions, of the Constitution, did some unsavory things in their life. That's a given. I understand that. But it doesn't change the fact that they helped build a country that allowed for free thinking and open thought, open discussion, to where we didn't have to worry about, quote, speaking against the crown. We were, we were free in every aspect of that word. To say what we want, 
and do what we want as long as we weren't hurting other people. And I'm not talking about offending people. If you're easily offended, I'm sorry for you, but I have no sympathy for you. Being offended is a choice. You can laugh something off and you can even disagree vehemently. It can upset you and I get all that. But being offended is not an end of the world scenario. This idea of especially younger kids, younger people, well, that offends me. I So? Explain to me why I should care that you're offended. Disagree with me if you want. That's okay. But if you're offended, especially if it wasn't my intention to offend you, what are we, what are we talking about? And the premise that... Some people, not all, it's an overgeneralization, it happens all the time, on both sides, by the way, but in particular with liberals and progressives, that think, that think, that conservatives are somehow against progress, is ridiculous. The number of conservatives, conservative entrepreneurs starting up businesses, new startups, that that are trying to improve people's lives, either through communication, political, you know, better political understandings, um, manufacturing. I'm not saying that they're all saints because they're not. Greedy people exist on both sides. Scummy people exist on both sides of the aisle in terms of politics or, or, or um, political positioning, if you will. But to make a blanket statement, such as conservatives are against progress, I had a guy on TikTok last night say this in the in in a, in a comment thread on one of my recent videos at the Atypical Man TikTok page, and I asked him a couple of questions and he disappeared. He may be back though. He had like 150 followers or something, so he might have been just trolling, which happens all the time. But I asked him the question, being a conservative, what's the problem? Well, they're against progress, really. Because in my mind, we're for small government and less government spending. How does that make us against progress? And he disappeared. And I, and I find that if you respond and you're succinct and you're intelligent in your response. Eventually these people that are trolling or or trying to make waves, if you will, will just go away. They're trying to provoke a reaction. He got one, but it was through conversation. I wasn't angry or upset or anything like that. It was just more of, well, help me understand your position. And then he disappeared. He um, ceased in defending his position. But I never understood that. Conservatives are not against progress. We're not. Are we as (laughs) open to change? It's case by case. It's a situational dynamic. Especially for older conservatives. Um, When it comes to music, clothes, how people dress, how people communicate, negotiate in business. But that's with every generation. That changes every generation. You have people that will hold on to the past because they feel that something works. They've been doing it a long time. They're going to keep doing it. I get that. I deal with that every day in my in my day to day job in sales, um, working with contractors and um, other manufacturing companies. They get set in their way sometimes, and it takes real work to explain to them. Look, things are easier now, and here's why. Or things could be easier for you now, and here's why. Not because you go in trying to force them to change. But you give them the option. Look, here's what you've been doing. Here's what you could be doing. At least you have options. At least you have choices now. That, by definition, 
through technology and manufacturing is progressive. We're not trying to get them to buy a piece of equipment that's antiquated. It isn't that. There's constantly updates being made, whether it's in telecommunications, manufacturing, fabrication, security. Um, conservatives are not, on, as a whole, against being progressive. Moving things forward, I mean. You know, progress, being against progress. It isn't that. It's a weak argument, and it's really telling when I hear it. I can almost immediately determine what kind of person you are when you say something like that to me. The conservatives are against progress. That is a clear indicator to me that the conversation between you and I is going to last about 30 seconds, maybe a minute. There's no thought that goes into statements like that because it isn't relative. And in the world we live in, where so many people want things to be absolute, it just doesn't work that way. This sense of instant gratification, this desire for instant gratification, um, and I will say, can say, that social media has played a role in that. I don't know if they're completely responsible, but they have played a role. Search engines, you know, having everything at your fingertips. And technology has made things so much easier for us. You know, we can get on our phones or any uh, communication rig that we have. And in most cases, we can have an answer within seconds. You know, assuming you have good service. But some things in the real world, real world, human being to human being don't work that way. Whether you're trying to develop a new relationship, um, you're starting off in a new career field. Um, instant gratification is not always a possibility. And that's okay. Or you're learning how to play an instrument. You know, you're teaching yourself how to play the guitar or the piano. Speaking as a musician myself, it takes time just to build the calluses on your fingers in order to hold the chords on a guitar. That can take months, depending on how many times a day or a week you practice or how many hours a day you practice. You have to build the calluses on your fingers first before you can even hold the chords and transition between chords without your fingers feeling like they're on fire. Or in my case, because I was practicing so long so hard when I first started that my fingertips would start to bleed and I would, and it would just, it would set me back, which would piss me off even more. So there's an element of patience here that's required. And it's the same thing when it comes to political conversations with people who view politics or view the world politically in a completely different way. Being diametrically opposed to someone or something Politically is okay, but so long as you have patience and you, the two parties or the two entities, groups, if you will, are able to exercise patience and be cordial during the conversation, you can get a lot done. You can achieve a lot, but patience isn't exactly as important for a lot of people anymore, at least through my own observation. It's got to be now, now, now. If I can't change your mind right now, then I failed. Or if I can't change your mind right now, there's something wrong with you. No, there's not. And this is coming from one of the most impatient people you will ever meet. I'm not a patient person. I would like things to move faster, but I also understand why they don't or why they can't. So back to the topic, being objective works very well in situations like this because you can have a conversation and if you're willing to listen and then take that information with you and think about it, think deeply about it. And it's another challenge. It's another thing that not 
a whole lot of people are doing, or maybe there's not as many people as I would hope are doing this, they take a piece of information back with them, either to their house, apartment, job, whatever it is, and they really think about it deeply. This is why I love books, and I prefer books over television. Because if you read something in a book, and I guess you can do this with television and movies too, you can hit pause. Where with a book, you can close the book, put it down, and think about it. You can, yeah, you know what? You can do the same thing with movies or television shows. Unless you're in a movie theater, in which case you're at their you're at their mercy. But if people were to obtain a new piece of information and sit with it for a little bit and see how it applies in their own life, even if it's just to develop a counter-argument to reinforce your position, instead of either just giving up or getting pissed off and extinguishing the exchange or the conversation, which is what most people do because they're lazy. To think deeply requires effort. It requires work. Whether you're coming back to your house, apartment, wherever you live, and and jotting down some ideas typing out some ideas, or writing them longhand. That requires work. And there's a lot of people in the country and in the world who are not willing to put in that time and put in that work to truly understand what it is that they heard. Or in some cases, the point that they're even trying to make. Which again, is a form of laziness. I'm not saying that there's a be-all, end-all, that there's some type of magical solution that's going to make all this go away, because there isn't. And it is contextual, and it's perceptual. It's perception-based. Um, being objective as a leader is very important. If you're running a company, or you're managing a sales team, or you're managing a group of people, or you're managing a household, you know, you've got a spouse, you've got kids, you've got pets, you've got family members coming over to visit. Being objective in those moments is very important. And if we can't be objective, the question becomes, what's the point? Do we just cater? Bend over in a sense and outsource our thinking to other people. This is when things can get dangerous because the more we allow this to happen, the less we lose our own identity and the less we lose our ability to contribute to a conversation or situation in a meaningful way. Because in a sense, in that moment, you're not you anymore. You're an inauthentic version of you because you've subscribed to another person's way of thinking or being in such a way that the you you were before is no longer. It's a counterfeit version of the you that you used to be. Does that make any sense at all? I hope so. (laughs) Can you ramble on a podcast? Can you do that? That's probably what I'm doing, isn't it? Just some thoughts. Just some thoughts. Back in a minute. We'll close things out. Stick around. As we close out the show tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to address a question that I get all the time. Um both through the forum, on the podcast, website, um, at anchor.fm, and especially over at the Atypical Man TikTok page during live events and things like this, is why the handle? Why the Atypical Man? And depending on the situation and what went on that day, it's not always the same answer. But I, I'd, I'd like to address it directly here. And, and if you pull up the word atypical, it, it basically says um, not representative of a type, group, or class. Um, 
An example being a sample of people who are rather atypical of, of the target audience. Um, it can also mean irregular, unusual, which is how I would describe myself. I, I'm 40 years old. You know, having been born and raised in Wisconsin, I spent some time in the military. I'm not like, I guess, a typical man who is really into sports or cars, engines. Um, Although I work in a very blue-collar field and really always have. Apart from a short stint working behind a desk, um... The last couple years of my Air Force career, uh, due to a humanitarian assignment with my wife at the time, whose mother was terminally ill, um, I've always held blue-collar positions, always, both um, in the military and after. Um, I've never considered myself typical, I guess. I guess that's the best way I can answer that. I, I, I would much prefer to read um, and study over watching television, although when I do, I mean, I enjoy a good comedy, both in television and in movies. I love documentaries. I love learning new things, constantly learning new things um, about science, physics, spirituality, religion, philosophy. I love to write. Um, I've just, I've never considered or felt like I was typical, you know, the whole go to work, do your job, come home, have dinner, crack a beer, watch a ball game. It's just never been my style. Um, I don't know if that completely answers the question, but I, I think for now it'll it'll answer it far enough. <laughs> that being said, definitely don't be a stranger, ladies and gentlemen. Come over and see us at the Atypical Man TikTok page. We do have a lot of fun over there. Um... We certainly love and appreciate you turning tuning into the podcast. Um, like I've said in the last couple of shows, if you go over, I, I want to say you can do this through the app, but I've looked and I'm not. It's 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 not exactly the easiest thing to do. But if if you go directly to Anchor.fm and pull up the Atypical Man podcast, you can leave, um, I guess a review or a voice message or a comment. And like I said in the other night's show. Maybe make a suggestion for an upcoming show. Um, We're always looking for new ideas. um, Looking to kind of get out of our comfort zone. Maybe address some things that I don't fully understand or that I'm still learning about or that I would do well learning more about, if that makes any sense. Um, But we really enjoy what we do over here. And we're so grateful... um, for all of you that listen and share the show, um, it's slowly starting to pick up steam. Slowly, slowly but surely. And this is episode 40, by the way. Episode 40. Although if you go on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I think it says like 32. Because I wasn't... I think some of them weren't numbered or something. At some point they got out of sequence. I think I ended up taking away some of the original shows because the sound quality wasn't very good. And we've done a total of 40. This is for, this is definitely number 40, but I think I removed some of them because the audio quality early on wasn't very good. It was before I had the um, the, um, the studio mic um, and was able to take more proper care of the sound quality. And I wasn't very impressed or wasn't proud of the quality at the time. And some of those shows are really good. I wish I could go back and listen to the ones that uh, we deleted. Because there was a couple good ones in there. But I was doing them straight through my phone or from the truck when I was traveling. And the quality was just horrible. Horrible. So, thank you so much for being here for episode 40. We appreciate it. And like I said, don't be a stranger. Come over and see us at the Atypical Man TikTok page. Uh, Go to the podcast area of the website, leave a comment, audio message, make a suggestion. Um, And I look forward to what comes next as we inch our way towards episode 15, then 100, and 2,000 eventually. (laughs) 
Let me find a way to get on Rogan's level. What is he at now? He's he's got to be he's got to be coming up on two thousand episodes. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I'm kidding. Relax. I'm kidding. I actually just listened or watched the one he did with uh uh what's his name Majib Nazar. Is that his name? I posted it on Facebook, um, and Twitter. I think too. Oh, that episode just blew my brain apart. I want to say, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to speculate. His name is Majid. Is it, is it, is it Nassar? Majid Nassar? I feel like I'm getting that wrong. I feel like I'm getting that wrong. Well, before we take off here, let's make sure I get this guy's name right. It's Majid something. Uh-huh. I know this isn't going to cooperate. Oh, I see what we're doing. <laughs> Nawaz. Majid Nawaz. M-A-A-J-I-D-N-A-W-A-Z. Majid Nawaz. The episode he did, the most recent one he did with Rogan, will blow your flipping brain apart. It was um, it was an amazing show. They covered so much in three hours. It was amazing. So definitely check that one out, too. Uh, you will not be sorry, I promise. So with that said, we're going to get out of here. Please share, talk about the show. Get some more audience members in here, which will generate and spark even greater conversation. I hope. I mean, that's the goal, right? So in either case, thank you so much for being here. And I imagine we will, uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. My name is Caleb and you've been listening to the atypical man.